So nobody's going to comment. You know that person who never comes to me with their problems? Right. Boy, they piss me off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight, we have episode 124, entitled Alone Revisited, Part 2. We changing that name? It's 125. 125, entitled Alone Revisited, Part 2. Sometimes in our loneliest moments, we come across... Actually, I didn't change the title either. (laughs) Changed everything else, though. Jay's had a busy day, everybody, and it's okay. Uh, what should the title be, Jay? When Emotional Needs Collide. When Emotional Needs Collide, episode 125. And away we go. Sometimes in our loneliest moments, we come across someone who makes them worse, not better. Other times, it's someone who makes us feel frustrated, hurt, and alone. Why is that? We'll be talking about that and what to do about it on this week's Time at the Table. So pull up a chair and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. (laughs) Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great and you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. If things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There's a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning, and then we hit the main topic. So while it may not be 12, 15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. (laughs) Can everybody hear the fatigue in our voices tonight? It has been a long day. I, I feel like it's been a long day for everybody at this point. Eric, you want to tell us what's going on in your world? Yes, and I would like to give a shout out to uh, one Dave Shire, good buddy of ours. Dave Shire, way back, he's out in uh, Arizona where it's super hot. Um, but he, along with many other people, have taken the emotional needs questionnaire, and I encourage you to do so. Like we say every episode, relational needs questionnaire drop down button on lunchtimeinroom.com. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm going to start off with the worst thing. Of this oh, week. man. Mm. It just happened about mm. Mm, three hours ago. Mm. Um, so Maggie, Maggie's been a bear. We're, mm. we're in the thick of it with toddler uh, age. Mm. Um, I've talked about it. She's in the three nagers, even though she's not exactly three yet, but she's there. Is it a bedtime thing? No. Oh, good. Um, okay. it's, an all, tough. it's an all-time thing. Oh. She's just like, well, and, you know... Full transparency, like, you know, Amy's off Tuesday and Wednesday, and she's a lot to have all day. Like, I commend the grandmas, like my mom and Amy's mom, that watch her when they're here during the day, because she is a lot. (laughs) Like, after a day with Mags, like, I mean, you go go home and you sleep until the next day, and maybe even the next after that. (laughs) It's just a lot. Um, But she has been... More so, like, defiant with us, her parents, because we're her parents. Um, 
So that's been causing a lot of uh, friction with uh, her and Amy. Um, and then, like, at the end of the day, Amy's exhausted and she's, you know, completely done. Um, and with um, with that going on, I thought, yeah, leave him off. We don't want the buzz. Um, is that where the buzz is coming that's from? That's where the buzz is coming from. That's the buzz, baby. Um, I, I try to le- relieve as much pressure as I can. Um, so I was like, I'll take, I'll take her to Sam's. You know, we got to go to Sam's anyway. That's how you kill time. Take We're not her that to Sam's. Clock. And she's like starting to not nap anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Those yeah. are some dark days. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. Um, so she didn't take a nap today. We're not even down. You know, you know where I live, and on the way to Sam's, I'm not even at the bottom of Logie Road. She's okay. asleep. She's asleep. Oh no! In the car. Oh no! Like me, I'm like, all right, girl, like. You're going to sleep on the way there. I'm getting you up when we get there. Yeah, I gave her like That's fi- the scary part. I gave her like 5 minutes after I parked the car. I was catching up with things on my phone cuz this was right after work. I didn't have any time to like catch up on some things on my phone, so I was catching up on some things and then um I was like, "All right, I'm going to go back and wake her up." Woke her up. She was fine. Whatever. Okay. Um went in, shopped, she was pleasant, had a great time, had a really fun conversation with <laughs> with some people at sam's um this was the highlight of my trip to sam's this was the peak of my of my trip to sam's so uh there's this what i think is mom and maybe son and wife of son um and the mom is looking at mags and she's like oh man she's cute and i said yeah she is she's absolutely adorable and uh and her son i'm assuming son don't i don't know uh, but he said, uh, he's like, man, she looks exactly like you. I was like, I know it's copy and paste. He was like, man, it's like, man, it's like, wait, what's her name? And I said, Maggie. And he said, in the case of Maggie, you are the father. <laughs> like, it was just this funny moment in Sam's. Man, that's great. It was so fun. And we just all, we're all laughing in the middle of the, 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 the laundry detergent aisle at Sam's. It was great. Um, I do not have many conversations over in those parts. <laughs> right? Produce, sure. sure. Meat, obviously. <laughs> um, so, uh, trips over, we go outside, and it just starts pouring down rain. And it's one of those rains where if you're in it for 10 seconds, you might as well be in it for, for an hour. T- for an hour, right. Um, so Maggie's, like, losing it. I'm just, like, chucking things in the back of the car. And, like, she's just having this meltdown. And I'm like, I'm going to get you in the car in a minute here. Like, we're just, you know, and I have her under the the hood of the SUV, bat, you know, the hatch. And you accidentally grab her and chuck her in. <laughs> I should. I, you know what? In, 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 in hindsight, I probably should have. Um, but, no, she. it was just this, uh, it was just. It was one of those moments where you're just like, uh, like after a long day, you're just like, this is just, aw- is absolutely awful. I'm soaking wet, you know, through and through. Like I was, oh, yeah, just absolutely horrible. Miserable. And, and yeah, and she was miserable. And, you know, after. So I, she didn't perk up when she got in the car? She did after a couple minutes and she was fine. Then we went to Labriola's. Um, wow. You made another stop. Here's, the, here's wet. the thing. Here's the thing. I'm already wet. Right. Whatever. You know, whatever. That's an uncomfortable drive home, though. You know, it's like, but uh, it's, and then the in and out, like. But see, this is how much I, I love my it. wife. I was like, I don't want to go home yet because it's she, not time. Amy hasn't had enough time to do whatever she needs to do or have some quiet time. So I was just like, solid husbanding. 
Right. Questionable parenting. Solid husband. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie wakes up with a cold tomorrow. Whatever. <clears throat> um <clears throat> so yeah, that's the uh that's the bad. Um I I I I, I, I will <clears throat> join you in that frustration, but I celebrate that that's the bad. Yeah, right. It's a memory. It's a memory. Uh, and it's not the most awful thing that could ever happen to somebody. It was just one of those things. And it's fresh in my mind. Um, also, uh, my good for this week, I got to have lunch with my work team in person. Yeah, you did. Right? Nakama. At Nakama. Um, and it was so much fun. Mm. And they got me uh, a gift card to Off the Rails Barbecue in Verona. All right, all right. And also, um, I can't remember the name of it. The brewery that's on Wildwood Drive, not Verona Road, but the same thing, um, right by Village Inn. Is that brewery right there? Acclamation. Acclamation, yes. Yes, I hear they have delicious water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking at the, the different beers, and I was like, this place is on point. Like, this is this is my kind of place. So I'm going to hold off until I'm ready right. to, you know, do that, to have some beer. But it looks solid. Um, but it was just good to, like, just be with everybody mm. and see each other in person and you know exchange pleasantries among yeah. each other and um and the food was really good i got the uh the filet and shrimp combo nice um and it was delicious and the hibachi chef was really good and it was really fun did he, f- did he flip the shrimp tail at you no he flipped the egg into his pocket <laughs> and he did the volcano he did the volcano he did like the big flame like as i was you know, having oh, a leaning bu- forward. Like, yeah, I was, I was leaning forward, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty hot." <laughs> I also had, for the first time ever, I had sashimi. Oh, um, oh, yeah, that's a big, that's a big boy. Uh, which I actually really liked. It was yellowtail. It was yellowtail yeah, sashimi. It was yeah, really, really good. Awesome. And I would definitely have it again. Yeah, that's it. Sweet. Well, fellas, I got a bad this week. I've been dreading it, and it's it's come. I'm back to regular school. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, we're all looking to get back to normal, but whoa, this is a tough transition. We forgot and I forgot about normal. Right? I forgot about normal. So I got to go backwards. A little, well, one year. When we started the school year last year. So pretty much my entire career, classes have been around 40 minutes long, right? And so you get in this groove of, okay, this, these are my lesson plans. This is what will fit into 40 minutes. Right. Well, when we started our hybrid year last year, it was basically cut in half. So we had 20-minute classes, mm. and the beginning of the year felt crazy. Like, how am I going to teach these kids anything? But you adapt, and you trim things, and okay, I didn't, I don't have to do this activity, and I'll just do you know these most important things. And, and before long, that became normal, right? The new normal. That was annoying, but now this year, going back to 40 minutes... Holy cow, am I struggling. You're like, this is work. Like, it, it is nuts, like, how long 40 minutes can be. And now I'm only in the third day of school now. And each day, you know, it's getting a little easier. It's fine. You know there's going to be that transition time. But man, oh man, am I, like, dead tired at the end of the day. My yeah. voice is suffering, like, yeah. already. And I'm just like, wow, it's only the third day of school. Um. And it's not like anything's wrong. It's just 
my my brain is telling me like, well, this this is too much. Yeah. This is too much. That's so straight. You know, it's, this doesn't feel right. And I, you I know, that's a physical and mental tired. Right. Yeah. It's definitely both. It is definitely both. And like last year, for example, I get in that groove of the hybrid schedule. And, you know, a lot of teachers will tell you, like, sometimes we don't feel exactly like we get to be human during a school day. Like there is this definite feeling of, well, I can't even, you know, get a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom when I want to. That you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like you don't get to. You don't have the freedom to right. do what you want. Because like you Uncle want. Rick used to say, don't smile till Christmas. Oh, sure. There is that. He also no, said. You could, if you shot a kid the first day, the whole school year would go much smoother. Right, right. You just start out with right. No, but he um, said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Rick, for the advice. Um, but you, you know, you you feel like everything is normal, and then when it gets flip flopped on you or, or whatever happens, um, it just. Man, oh man, it can it can be a struggle. So that's what I'm struggling with right now. It's not that I don't love teaching. It's just this struggle of of feeling like, oh, what happened last year when I had the you know the little the time at the end of the day when I could go to the bathroom when I wanted to and I could right. grab a cup of coffee and I could take a deep breath and and because the end of our day last year was more like computer work because we were helping kids online grading things online. So it was part of our day. It wasn't that I wasn't working, but it was like oh, I'm working on my own. Right. So I had my teaching part of the day, and I had my working online part of the day. And now it's like, whoo, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., it's like, look out, man. We are going full blast, very few breaks, and it's both awesome, in theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> but right now in practice, it is rough. It's, exa- it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, ugh, it's exhausting. That is, yeah, yeah, absolutely exhausting. Yeah. There is some good. My good is... Ben has been adjusting really well to Pitt. Um, of course, he left last week for band camp and uh, heard of it. And he um, and he's had a really good time. And we always, you know, Amy and I, who, you know, we're both music teachers and obviously went through band and band camp and all that sort of thing. Um, we were like, oh, he's going to have a really good start to college this way because you're sort of, you know, you're just thrust right into this group of people that are, um, you know, you have this common goal and you're working together immediately and you're just sort of, you have to get to know people. You can't be on your own and, and well, alone. Yeah. As we, you know, talk about so often on the, on the pod. But, um, so he's got, had a really good transition. We just saw him again yesterday, met up with him for dinner and we hadn't seen him for about a week. Um, Sunday. We did see him. Yeah, we saw him a little bit Sunday. That is true because he they did like their first like uh, preseason performance for us. And we didn't man, spend time with him. Right. We didn't get to sp- exactly. We saw him for a few minutes and we dropped some things off to him. But we actually got to catch up with him. Yeah. How are you? I guess because school hasn't started yet. But like, is there any stress because he's Billy Joe last minute? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes and no. So far, so good. But then again, classes haven't started. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll find out what happens. But, um, I mean, so far, it's looking good because I'll get a text from him because he'll, he'll be, like, working on his financial aid things. He'll, he'll, and he'll text me and say, hey, I was online doing this financial aid thing. Does this look right to you? And he's, like, filling out this form or whatever. Or I was doing this. And, and by financial aid, you mean student loans? Right. right. Yes. 
yes, yeah, yes, that's, yes. That's not an easy process, right? And but there are things as, with him as the as the student, he has to fill out and right. you know make sure. Well, it, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my good and bad. Uh, real quick, food. Uh, I'm gonna do a shout out to my wife Amy tonight. She cooked some chicken marsala, and it was delish. She and, used a real uh, Marcella wine. Um, Who's to say? I don't know. It tasted good. It's all that matters, bro. <laughs> and I was like, oh, have we had this before? She said, yeah, but it looked different. She went into the fridge to get... So, I don't know. For those of you who don't know Chicken Marsala, it's sort of a savory sauce with with um, mushrooms. mushrooms and onions. And she, I guess, had a recipe that also had zucchini and basil. Fresh basil. Hmm. Awesome. Well, she goes into the fridge. Wouldn't you know the zucchini's bad? She's about to go outside where we have our basil plant. Wouldn't you know it starts pouring and thundering? So I heard she's about like, that. yeah, <laughs> that happened. And so we had chicken marsala without the zucchini and basil. It was still delicious. So good job, honey. I do like chicken marsala. It's a good dish. Yeah, it was very, very tasty. It's kind of chefy. Well yeah. So, uh, she has her moments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Ooh. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, what's good? Last week I was just dead tired. Because we had volleyball, and I'm just not a morning person. I'd be there at 8 a.m. So the good is I've been getting some sleep, and that's nice. Um, you know, I'm old enough. I don't I don't sleep straight through. You know, and Rachel's still getting up at 5.30 in the morning, so invariably yeah. I have to wake up at that point and yeah. say hello to her and whatnot. She doesn't wake me. I just wake up. Right. But I've got some sleep, and that's good. Um, the other that's good, you know, Eric and I got to go play a disc golf course out in Indiana that's on a private property. Yeah. It's also owned by the Game Land. That was a weird conversation. Yes. Because I asked him about, hey, what do you do for insurance? And he's like, well, 50, what do you say? He has 50 acres. 50 acres. And that most of it's on state game lands. So I'm like, well, then you don't own, I don't know. Doesn't matter. But 30, he, he, he estimated like 30 acres was taken up by the disc golf course. Right. Wait, you guys went to a course that's not, it's on UDisc. You have to just email the guy and ask for permission. You went to a new course and I didn't know? Yeah, I told you that on Sunday. I thought you handled it well. You we're, clearly weren't listening. We're going to have to have a talk about this. It was the Gorge. <laughs> Remember when they said, when you go play IUP, yeah. tell the Indiana boys yeah. to take you to the Gorge? You, you oh, talked to the, the Indiana boys. We met oh, the we Indiana met the, boys. We met oh, the guy. Right. And he guy comes up. I mean, it's literally at his house. Like, we yeah. parked, drove away. And then came back. We're like, and this we're like, can't be it. And then we turned, we, we turned around and then we came kids back. kids' toys. It's a yard. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. But then he came right around the corner and he was like, hey, we're up on we're up on the hill. We'll be done in two. And we have two more holes, but then we'll play with you. And I was like, I don't I don't want you to play with me. Why? Wow. I, I want to play by with, my, with Eric. Yeah. That's all. But it was father and son. They lived there and they built the course themselves. It was nine holes until this year where they added nine more. And it was nice, and it was fun, and they were very gracious, and we can take you now. We have, we've earned their respect. They right. said, we don't have to ask anymore. We can just uh, go there. And like, that at sounds first, scary, like delivering, so I don't think I want to go. Nah, like we, we, when you saw the guy, it, super nice guys. Um, but I will say, like at first, I was like, uh, I just wanted it to be Jay and I. But then like as we walked through the course. We like, would still be there. Right. There's, no, oh. <laughs> there's not really any signage. It's not okay. bad signage. Yeah. It's no, no signage. signage. Or as we pointed out, we right. had verbal signage. Right. Right, because they walked Live us around. Signage, yeah, um, yeah, because there was because there was there was some walking in, in between oh, yeah, some in some you would some never holes, find it. you would never know. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you know, it was. But here's why it's my good. Besides, that I got to go disc golfing and see a new course. Um, that a lot of the complaints about our course at the church is it's too easy to lose, you know, a disc. And one guy even complained that the signage is just, you know, uh, laminated, you know, printed out sheets. Well, bro didn't have signs. Yeah. Uh, nothing. 
Right. And I told him about it. And I said that I made signs that literally say, go this far, go here, arrows everywhere. And he goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And I was like, all right. You know, and the other is that you can lose a disc too easily at our course, you know, that it's not cleared out enough. Right. And this course has like a 4.3 rating. Now we pointed out the seven ratings, only seven, you know, where we already have like 14 or 15 and we're at 2.9 out of five, whatever. But the biggest complaint about ours is, oh, it's, you know, it's too easy to lose a disc. Bro, if we weren't in a foursome, we would have lost six discs. And been stung by yellow jackets. Yeah. <laughs> so it made me feel better about our course. And and I got to work on it again today. I figured, you know, 90 degrees. Yeah. Why not? About 115. Why not? Absolutely. Know, middle of trimming. the day. Perfect time. <laughs> and I mean, I dare say, I mean, we got work to do in the winter to clear out the big stuff, like on number five, that's real, you know, but it just made me feel better. I mean, I know, you know, you need five good com- compliments to even out one criticism yeah. about anything as a, as a yeah. psychological statistic. I always heard it was seven, but yeah, whatever it is. Well, it's I'm, like, I'm tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that's you personally. But, um, yeah. So it gave me some perspective. So I feel good yeah. about that. That's yeah. awesome um, because you put so, you know, blood, sweat and tears into that. Whole lot. Well, and, and anybody just, well, I don't want to minimize your situation but i was going to say for those out there too just anybody who puts that kind of effort into something and then you have to put it out there for criticism that is tough yeah 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 so and i'm excited about where it's heading so that's a good thing and the bad um you know we're a week behind you we dropped joe off on saturday and i'm ready for that and i'm you know i mean i was more into the logistics of where do we park we know this and that how does he know where his room is because he really the school really didn't communicate much with him at all mm. Um, we sort of stumbled into everything we were supposed to do, but it worked out great. And he was very, I could tell he was nervous and everything else, but what I wasn't ready for is just literally, he seemed scared mm. and I wasn't ready to see him mean, because he hasn't been scared in years, you know, about anything bothered, mm. anxious. Sure. But, uh, that was hard to see. And, and just, it was tough. And then, like I said, you know, we talk here about one of the worst, emotional responses you can give somebody is facts logic and reason mm-hmm. and it was such a great illustration of why that doesn't work because he's 20 minutes away he is ready for this he's been through far worse than this he has got a great system around him he's going to be involved in many great activities at school blah 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 right when you know when your boy holds on to you in a hug and doesn't want to let go and again he's 6'3 so that makes it even more awkward <laughs> and to the point where Rachel was like okay like she was losing it watching us hug. Yeah. You know, that's just hard. It's hard to go through. Yeah. Um, but he's doing much better with each day and he's been involved with Young Life down there. And it was funny. Oh, that's awesome. He went to Young Life the first day and the Metro director, which is the job I used to have, uh, came up to him and he was like, hey, my name's JB. And he goes, what's your name? He's like, Joe. And he goes, hey, Joe, man, I'm glad you're here. He goes, Where are you from? Penn Hills. Oh, you play any sports? Yeah, I play volleyball. Oh, so you know Jay. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. And and Joe said later, he said to Leah, even in college, <laughs> even in college, everybody knows my dad. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, and food-wise, the other night, I, I, had, a, I had a terrible, um, whatever you want to call it, like uh, when two things collide, I had a moment where both Rachel, because she has different breakfast sausage that I personally make, than I do. Hers has to be extra fine ground and no jalapenos, where I make jalapeno sausage, and I don't care how I just grind it. Hey, you're a good husband. Why is that? What you just said. Hers has to be extra fine. Yeah, so I run it through on the course, and then I run it through on the fine. That's, But that's a good husband. And then for mine, I put it through the course, and I'm done. 
But anyhow, so I had a, had a prayer meeting get canceled. So I was like, sweet, I can make sausage tonight. So I made 16 pounds of breakfast sausage. 16 pounds. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. It just kept, and it started gumming up because I think it got, the thing got too hot or whatever. And I was like, well, we can force it through. That's fine. We're, we're, we're not, we ain't stopping now, bro. We're, we're making it happen. <laughs> And uh, what's nice is that I hit, all sounds so fun. <laughs> I hit I hit the recipes good on both, so because it's the worst is when you make eight pounds of sausage and you're like, eh, it's okay. You, know? <laughs> you said 16. yeah, you got to eat the other 16. seven pounds. So it was, it was, what's that even look like? Uh, it looks like four and a half gallon bags, single layer. So like nine. Okay, that's about forty five patties for each. That's awesome. How long will that last you? And in fact, I now have to go home and uh, make more, and not have to cook it because <laughs> Rachel ran out this morning. So, how long will that? Uh... I I have two a day. Rachel has probably one and a half or two a day. Okay, there's some other size like a small burger, or a slider, whatever. Um, but it's good that you appreciate that I'm a good husband, as does Rachel, um, because sometimes when we don't receive an emotional need or an emotional need is taken from us, we call that a hurt. And when we're hurt, we feel lonely. And we are revisiting why we end up feeling alone. What, what does it mean to be alone? We looked at that last week and what comes from being alone. But then this week we're looking at what happens um, when emotional needs collide. Why is it that certain people, certain types of people hurt us and or make us feel alone, whereas another type doesn't? And... I put it out there today to, uh, we all did, to social media. We had a bunch of people, and I want to thank everybody who responded. If you responded this evening, know this. Your personality trait that hurts you was already mentioned, and I was in the middle of coaching, which is why we're late on the air tonight. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't cut and paste and do everything else. It should also go, uh, I would hate for Brian to listen to this and not hear us mention him, uh, which never, ever happens um him listening to it when he's not on it <laughs> he didn't even listen when he's here but uh he's on a business trip so he's fine in case anybody's worried about him yeah um you know in general we're looking at two types like i said people who hurt us by not helping us and that's one group that we're looking at and why does that hurt but then also the people that hurt us in the first place which cause us to be alone mm. so we're already alone or we are not alone but we get hurt, and we're like, man, nobody gets it, and, I, and I'm frustrated. And so, really, I just wanted to start off um, with the people who responded to us. Yeah. And, and we can talk about each one. And what it is, to give you a spoiler alert, is you have emotional needs. And when somebody either doesn't meet your need or you're hurt already, and then they come in with something resembling that. It hurts even worse. So we'll just give you some. The best way I thought to do this was to give real life examples. Uh, Eric, why don't you start off with uh, Lauren Booth? Yeah, B, uh, yeah, a former guest on this show. Excuse me. Yes, person at the table. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. Gonna, I have a thought about this um, after I read this. Uh, when you're hurting, and Lauren says, when you're hurting and you share with someone, and they start to talk about their own hurt without addressing what you came to them with. Quote. Oh, you think you're hurt? You're hurting. Let me tell you about what I'm going through. End quote. Ugh, the worst. Um, and you, Jay, you wrote here that it doesn't um, matter what I wrote. We can just talk about what we'll do with each one. Is look at what is, you know, the emotional need of the person responding, the person hurting the person. 
what are they acting out of? Because when our emotional mm. needs are not met, right? We and, and if we are not open and honest and vulnerable in getting them met, we try to steal them. Right. So you're saying it's very possible, like when Lauren goes to this person, for example, and we probably all come across these, you know, people that that respond this way. But when Lauren comes to this person with an issue and they respond with their own, it's because they're hurting. Correct. And they're seeking to meet an emotional need that is not met. Yeah. And again, each of these and Eric, I apologize for stepping on your uh, segment. Each of these fall into the when it's someone who is trying to to respond to you emotionally, they're doing it one of the four poor ways. This one would be ignoring or being selfish because mm. they're ignoring your pain and they're making it about them. Eric, continue. So, but Jay, you wrote comfort and attention. Comfort is what this person needs. The right. person that is saying, oh, let me tell you about my story. Right. The person right. responding. Right. Okay. And could also be attention then. Right. In this case, right. it's a clash of both. They right. both want comfort and attention. But I'm curious, so my my thing that I not had an aha moment, but more of like a aha question um, is aha. Uh-huh. if you're like, let's say your highest need is attention. You're the person that needs comforted. Okay. Right. In this case is Lauren. Lauren. We'll, we'll use that as an example. Right. We'll use an example. Right. Lauren needs attention. Right. You said comfort. We'll say attention just for oh, the sake of the, needs attention. Just okay. for the example. Lauren needs attention. And the person is taking away that attention by telling their story of like, oh, you think you're hurting. Now they're getting the attention. The person that needs that comfort or, or needs that attention, do they recognize that no. bad comfort more because oh. that's what their Oh, sure. High that's exactly is? what we're talking about. Okay. For sure. That's okay. So that's what I was like, I'm coming to you and I needed comfort and you want me to comfort you? Right. You know, if you just go, I mean, it hurts enough to not receive, you know, so say Lauren wants comfort. Yeah. Hey, this I had a bad day. Oh, you had a bad day. If they would have said, you know, go to criticism. You should be tough like me. That's still going to hurt. Yeah. The person says, you should be tough like me. It wouldn't have bothered me at all. It's still going to hurt. But if they say, oh, I know just how you feel, blah, blah, blah. It's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. And hurts even more. Yeah. And it can be many different things. And that's all we're just going to do is talk about how they... You know, the, the answer sometimes is that they're taking from us what we're asking for for them. Right. From them. To right. get from them. And I just thought it was interesting because we did have Lauren on the show. And I swear, like, comfort and attention were some of her highest needs. And I found it really interesting that if somebody comforted her wrong, that would irk her the most. You know what I mean? Sure. So I was like, that was like, that makes complete sense. And I don't know. Why well, I'd never thought of that before, but yeah. Just it mo- might also be an unfortunately good example of how you can notice what some of your own emotional needs are. Like if you find yourself in a situation um, where someone irks you with a response, um, that that might be yeah. like a like a, a you know a light bulb going off. Like oh, that is what I need. You know, mm-hmm. you're noticing it in the other person. So um, those of us who aren't as familiar or comfortable with figuring out our emotional needs, um, that might be a little a little step up for us. Lauren continues. She had another example. In fact, it's not. I'm looking at It's up a Lexus. Oh, uh-oh. it's Lex. There it is. Yeah. Oh, Lex. I'll read that one, too. Okay, go. Uh, Alexis wrote in, the ones who try to fix, quote, unquote, well, just do this, end quote, or even worse, it wouldn't be like that if you would just 
I am way more open to helpful suggestions if you join me in my emotions first, friend. Those suggestions make me feel like it's my fault or like I should be ashamed of myself for being there in the first place. Yeah, sometimes when like that, like sometimes like I I agree with Lex on this one because like there's sometimes where I feel like stupid or like I didn't see the obvious answer in the room, Mm. you know, and that is probably more of a sense of belonging for me me personally is what I'm saying. Right. For sure. For you. Yeah. But in this case, it's, you know, the person that's saying, oh, man, this is a bad day. Well, here's what you should have done, which is facts, logic and reason into, you know, in the response. That person needs acceptance. Like, I know I didn't do the right thing. Right. Don't tell me if, if if this person has a high need of acceptance, it's really going to hurt them. Yeah, that's why it hurts them. They might have different needs, but I'm saying like the most toxic, to use an overused phrase. So if I say to you, "Hey, I had such a bad day cutting the lawn," well, the problem is you're cutting it on three, and you need to be cutting it on four, and you know, blah blah blah. blah. If I have a high need for acceptance, meaning I need to be loved, even though I've made a mistake, if I have a high need, that odds are. My whole life, every time I did something wrong, somebody just jumped all over it, a parent or something like that. That's really going to hurt them. Now, why does the person do that? Why is the person saying, boy, here's what you should have done? Well, that's good. Well, I was going to because that's their need. They, they feel like they need to um, expound upon their respect factor uh, to show that they, you know, they do know. They, I mean, and they're just trying to help, let's be honest. Well, but- then maybe. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, that's the point. Well, I was going to say they're trying to help by showing what they can do. Right. But the underlying thing is they're trying to show, I am I am worthy of your respect yeah. because I know about this. Right. Whereas if you did that to me, I'm like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Because <laughs> I don't have a high need for acceptance. I don't have a high need. I have something for respect, but not a high need. Well, this one speaks to me a lot because I do have a high need for respect. And I think I recently had it was not a big deal at all um but i had a respect respect collision you know with somebody else who who um has that same need uh we we're just you know talking about college and i don't want to go into to too specific but just talking about what you know what we're doing with ben and what's what's happening and then they would say oh well just you know do this and i'm thinking i know what we're doing i like i i'm just i'm just talking to you about what we're doing i don't need to know what you think i should be doing you know but it, it kind of went back and forth that way for a while and mm-hmm. it's one of the ways for me that i can do what i do as a pastor and as a coach there's always people that want to tell me how to do it better and if it bothered me every time they did <laughs> i would be toast right i would yeah. all, i would just be and i always look on facebook i get ads what's the number one reason pastors burn out I'm like bro i ain't burning out like but if that bothered me I would be burned out six years ago out of the seven I've been doing this. Mm. Bill Navari uh, commented that the type of people are arrogant. Arrogant people drive him and just make him just so frustrated and so hurt. Not I me. Mean, I don't. Again, nobody's like you know who I love. <laughs> the arrogant people. <laughs> the arrogant. And Pat pointed out the narcissists. You know. Yeah. Um, it, that is simply to me ninety percent a respect issue. The, the narcissist, mm-hmm. the arrogant, they want respect, and they don't have the confidence to not tell you how great they are. If they did, they would just keep their mouth shut. They would be confident, not cocky, mm-hmm. not narcissistic and entitled. Mm-hmm. 
Well, if you have a high need for respect and you butt it, you know, if you go to somebody like that, it ain't going to work. If you are somebody who has a high need for security, mm. you know, and that person is telling you how it is and I'm so smart, or even in your case, Eric, like belonging, when you mm-hmm. come across as narcissist, it probably is not a great thing for you. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would think. Yeah. You know, once again, for me, a narcissist, whatever, bro, I feel bad for you. That's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who is, you know, because that's not, it doesn't conflict with my emotional needs. Um, Michelle Gonzalez also has spent some time at the table. Chris, why don't you talk about hers? Mm-hmm. So the, the people that get to her are the one uppers people who, you know, uh, you went through something bad. Well, <laughs> I went through something a little bit worse. And, um, Along those same lines, Anthony DeMarco. <laughs> this is a great line. right to the comment of the year. Oh, I have to. Yeah, so uh, his, his quote, similar, you know, again, the one-upper. He said, I said I went to Tennessee. He said he went to 11 a That's <laughs> so good. There and, is. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so um, I'm classic one-upper. Really? Not anymore. Okay. Ever since I've You're learned all historical. this. You're Historically, I have been a one-upper. I um, honestly cannot imagine. He one-ups more than you do, Chris. I'm saying he's one-upping. <laughs> I one-up. How you two dare up. you, Chris? Yeah. Um, Eric used to be a two-upper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but it was more like it was more my way of trying to belong because I have a high need uh, yep. of belonging. And, Perfect. Right. And so there would be somebody that would tell a story and the, and like it wasn't I wasn't trying to one up them right. I was trying to join them and be like hey yeah. I'm like yeah, you I'm like you yeah. and like I want to be part of the group where it was like more annoying right because I was taking away from their story stealing their story right so yeah belonging is definitely true uh you know a case of that and or maybe they need their own comfort maybe they need their own attention whatever else and simply if you're sharing a hurt you need comfort yeah Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. Right. And that, that doesn't meet it. I mean, my mom, for years, we would talk about the game well. And it, we would do it on purpose. <laughs> you know, like, well. Well, I ran into so-and-so the other day. Well. <laughs> I, and Nate Pregazzi has a funny thing that he has a guy. I think I said this on the podcast before. Uh, that he and his buddy were hanging out with a guy. And they realized halfway in, it didn't matter what story they told. He would one-up them. Now, his story is weird. He goes, at one point, we took our pants off, and we were just sitting in our boxers in a bar (laughs) just to see if the guy would notice. But then he finally said, you know, he goes, I've never told anybody this, but when I was younger, I I actually killed a man. And the guy was taking a drink, and he put his finger up, and he goes, finish your story, but I I got something. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Nate, for the record, Nate's never killed anybody, as far as I know. So yeah, that was that was a Pat and uh, and Bill Navari and to a degree Dan Leopold all talked about those who talk too much, narcissists, the arrogant. You know, for some people they're cool with that. For some people they can't be in the same room with them. Here is a uh, at least two people, uh, Donna Gula, MJ's sister, or else MG is her, MJ is her sister, and Ken Love and one other person later said the attention seeker. And they said, you know, if you don't post it all over social media, it didn't happen. Hmm. Isn't it funny how a lot of these, even though they are different, their motivation is different, it comes out in kind of the same way. It comes out in um, an in attention, whether it's seeking or not, attention-getting behavior. 
Like, it's definitely, oh, the one-upper is, oh, I've, you know, listened to this. The attention seeker is, oh, look at this on social media. It's a lot of attention. I don't know if that's just a generalization of what annoys people, maybe. Well, it's aggressive. And see, what happens is if you have a high need for comfort, but you also have a high need for security and a high need for belonging, maybe a high need for acceptance, odds are you're never communicating that. Mm. So you're not bothering anybody. Right. You're just not interacting with anybody. Mm. You're always appeasing. So that person, you know, at best, not even appeasing, you're just trying to walk on eggshells. Right. So nobody's going to comment. You know that person who never comes to me with their problems? Right. Boy, they piss me off. <laughs> right. You know, you never hear that. So, yeah, it's the ones that are the most abrasive and or obvious that get the most juice, if you will. Um, and again, for that attention seeker, and that's almost two things, because what Donna's talking about is also what appears to be vanity, hmm. because they're posting it on social media and social gotcha. media and social media. Yeah. Look at me, look at me. Right. And that can be manifest. That could be manifesting so much because that could be like Eric belonging. Hey, everybody's posting their vacation pictures. I want to show my vacation pictures too. Right. Can be simply attention, but it get lumped in with attention, which I think it's why I was called the ugly duckling of the emotional needs uh, of emotional needs because it just gets this negative connotation with it. I think maybe because it does take our energy from us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so often. Um, Anita Choma. She said, the interrupter, someone who thinks they know. This is sort of combining almost oh, all Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This is <laughs> That's funny. He interrupted. <laughs> someone who thinks they know what you're going to say, so they finish your thought for you. Ugh. I did that with a girl in volleyball yesterday. I had a really interesting observation and encouragement for her. And I said, hey, listen. And she, she was taking a drink, and she nodded. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, okay, go ahead. Finish my sentence. <laughs> Tell me what I was going to say. And she was like, no, I was just swallowing. I went, you always nod when you when, when you swallow. They finished their thought for you, even though it wasn't what you were going to say. Someone that asks a question and then doesn't listen to the answer. Anita, mm -hmm. Anita identified with this question pretty big. Yeah. Uh, we might have talked to Marty. Uh, we don't know what, uh, <laughs> what's going on at home there. No, I agree with that. Like there, there is, I can think of. A few people, but one person specifically that will interrupt me and f try to finish my thought. And I'm like, no, that's exactly not. Not even close. Yeah. And if you were, I'm still bothered. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I, although I will say, and look, we're all guilty of something on this list at some point, right? When none of us are perfect. Speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> Here's how you should finish this sentence. I, I definitely think that I've been guilty of this at times. Usually when I'm just excited about something or whatever and we're, you know, I don't know, you're in a situation where you're coming up with, with ideas and answers or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I yeah. tend to, boom. Like, oh, like that. Like brainstorming. Good answer, Eric. Thank hey, you. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah. Um, but definitely uh, from the other end too it is it's uncomfortable when you have to say to somebody no that's not what i was gonna say now let me finish my sentence it's so funny because this resonates this resonates ah yeah resonates with me that's a word yeah it doesn't sound right to me right now um with, with what anita is saying because like the same person asks a question and then they won't listen to my answer mm. <laughs> Okay. They already have so an there's answer something in their there. Head or there something. is something well, there with and that that's person. That is very much belonging. Um, I've got some people in my life where all they want you to do is, is again, accept them into your world. Yeah. But it's the need of belonging. 
they might and and they'll ask me for advice. I give the advice and they'll turn it back to why they want to do it. Like they don't really want to know what I think. Right. They just want me to approve mm-hmm. what right. they're doing. Right. And so they'll keep talking until I say, Yeah, I think you're doing the right thing. And so that I have, you know, given them approval of what they're doing. Right. It's exhausting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my Amy will tell you that I am so guilty of that. Because I do get, like, I'll have an idea in my head, and I will be frustrated or confused that whoever, so-and-so, in my life or at work or whatever, doesn't agree or doesn't see where I'm coming from. So I'll go to her for, like, that affirmation or whatever you want to call oh, it. But you want her to join you in that emotion. That's good. You're, you're seeking comfort. Okay. You okay. don't want her to analyze the situation at all. Well, that's true. I you don't just want, want her to give a... them their perspective. <laughs> right. I just want her to say, yes, you, you, you're you doing it right. You, you're, you have the smartest brain this side of 11 a C. <laughs> 11 a C. But my point is, it's not like you went to her and said, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? That's what I'm saying these people do in my life. Right. They ask for my opinion. You're not asking for an opinion. You're saying, boy, this person frustrated me because they did this. And she goes, well, here's why they did that. Well, but I'm also saying, hey, honey, listen, here's my awesome idea. And -and so-and-so had this other idea that clearly is not as good. Like, what do you think of my idea? Don't you agree with me that this is the way to go? So I do, I tend, even though I am hurting inside perhaps and would, 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 um, benefit from from comfort i think at least on the surface i do tend to keep it in that like facts logic and reason sphere like that's like my brain won't stop sometimes with pushing that forward well and sometimes it's how we express a hurt Mm. because what you're not doing is saying man i was really excited about this idea right and everybody just didn't join me in that and i felt so defeated now, you say that, she can go, oh, my. Mm-hmm. You get so excited. And I know how much you love that idea. And I just wish they could have come alongside you like mm-hmm. that. That's terrible. But instead, you go, don't you think that was a good idea? Well, now she's conflicted because she's like, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, she can ignore your question and simply say, man, I know how much that meant to you. Yeah. Because then you go, yeah, see? And there's- So that's like comfort 201. Yeah, it really is because it's like figuring out like a next level of okay this person said something but what are they really seeking that's good in general i hope people that are listening to this come to the understanding of man i don't know my emotions very well and i'm not doing a very good job of analyzing other people's emotions and so we just cut get caught up in "Mm, that conversation was icky or boy they pissed me off Mm -hmm. or but when we break it down what is it there? Why didn't they meet my need? And what were they trying to steal from me mm-hmm. emotionally? And what did I not get met? Too often we just say, well, that really hurt my... Maybe you say, that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Or I'm pissed off because of this. We don't say, well, I really had a need for this Yeah, that wasn't met. I think it's too easy in the moment to have that knee-jerk reaction in your brain that is very surface level, right? Like it, that's what you're talking about is like... Okay, this is my initial, you know, I'm pissed off. Like, that's just my initial surface level feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's so beneficial if, we, if more of us could just learn to, like, delve a little deeper into what it is we and others are looking for. 
and having the ability to do that because we're not taught to do that. We're not taught to identify emotions. We're not taught to identify or look at them in other people. So we go to one of two ways. We go angry or we shut down. You know, you go to rage or you go to depression. And there's no real time for processing in that because the emotional side of our brain is faster than the logical side of our brain. Mm. So it's very natural, normal to do that. But we can train ourselves to sort of slow it down and 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 let the left side catch up with the right side. Mm. Tamara, she wrote, the legalistic know-it-alls. Oh, wait, look in the mirror. Eek. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she kind of points that out that, oh, wait, I hate it when somebody is just and again, a legalistic person in the Christian world just, you know, abides by the rules and says everybody who doesn't is a terrible sinner. Mm. And they don't look at God's grace. They don't look at anything else. And they're just a ball-busting, judgmental, and an all-due-respect hypocrite. Mm-hmm. So that's her That's who drives her nuts. Yeah. She, so when she says legalistic, she means, like, legalistic Christian. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. But then, however, she says looks in the mirror. Right, right. And that's kind of where I want to transition away from and, and you know an end in general if all this was too confusing and we're all over the place typically we're hurt in two areas why we're hurt in these areas with needs one is we don't want to face our own faults and our and our own needs mm-hmm. you know i need comfort you don't give me comfort and i'm like man you're terrible at comfort and meanwhile inside i'm like i don't comfort anybody mm. or i don't give anybody you know if you need attention guess what you're always doing taking attention from somebody else and so you don't want to face it. Hmm. And that's tough. But then the other is when it's just a reminder of how mostly our parents growing up either hurt us or didn't meet that need. And so if I was, you know, for Eric, you were, you had a lot of circumstances in elementary school and in junior high school where you were not in the group mm-hmm. and you didn't belong. Mm-hmm. And so today, if you get left out of something, it hurts more. Mm-hmm. For me, whatever. Okay. Well, no big deal. But for me, with attention, you know, if somebody's not paying attention or I don't get the attention, it's like, oh, I feel just like when I was at the table and nobody listened to my stories and Kathy would steal my jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. goes right back to those previous hurts. It's crazy. But it's true. And that is it for episode 125. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. We will see you next week. You know where I'm going. 11 a C. Bye. The new normal. Holy cow. It is nuts. If you shot a kid the first day, the whole school year would go much smoother. I made 16 pounds of breakfast sausage. Now we can force it through. That's fine. We're, we're, we're not weighing. Stopping now. Respect. Collision. It was one of those moments where you're just like, uh.